You are given the offer to play a game that you're very skilled at. If you win the game, you'll receive a large life-changing sum of money. If you lose, you'll face serious bodily harm, possibly even death. What would you do? What would factor into your decision? So I feel like this is like what I've been doing for the past 18 months during COVID. <laughs> like ah, nice. every day it's like, well okay, played. What, are, what are the COVID numbers? Is it safe to go shopping today? Can I go inside? What is my risk factors? You know, who's vaccinated? <laughs> Welcome to episode 205 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverend Ogan Holder, special guest Rabbi Eli Friedman, and yours truly, Reverend Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And whether you are a long-time or first-time listener, that good brew might be in one of these spectacular pub theology pint glasses. Head over to Facebook so you can see what we're reading around here. Um, if you become a patron, by the end of this month, you will get one of these pint glasses absolutely free as a thank you. Um, our patrons, our patronage or Patreon rates, I can speak, start at $7 a month. So head over to patreon.com slash ptlive, sign up by the end of the month, and one of these pint glasses is yours. Well, this week we'll be talking about balance, simplicity, and things that make you cringe. Uh, welcome back to the show, Eli. How's it going today? Oh, it is so good to be back. I've missed you guys. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Well, I more missed Ogan and Shannon. <laughs> Um, but no, 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 no. I, 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 it's really, it's such a joy to, to be here. Thank you for having me back. And this is actually great timing because we've just uh, finished all the, the big season of all the Jewish holidays. On uh, this last week, we entered the new Hebrew month, the lunar month of Heshvan, which is like, it's the only month in the entire uh, Jewish calendar that has no holidays. So it is every, every rabbi's favorite month. <laughs> Or not. No, no, no. It's a sad month. No, no holidays. I know what you mean, though. It's a little <laughs> reprieve. Exactly. Well, what are you drinking today, Eli? I am drinking, uh, mostly because it was what was in my fridge, uh, a wonderful uh, local beer, Victory, which I love. And this is their um, this is their sour. Uh, they have a, um, a Belgian beer, and this is their sour version of it, which is called the Sour Monkey. It's a sour triple, 9.5% booze on it so that sounds on. fantastic sip on it sip on it slowly because i have a couple meetings later tonight i was like so rabbi coming in hard man <laughs> yeah exactly so. awesome what do you got ogan i have from uh shafley brewery out of uh, st louis missouri oktoberfest because it's yeah. that time of year very good very good not how about you brian <laughs> i am going with uh new holland uh light point they describe it as a functional white ale brewed with coconut water, raw honey, orange peel, and other natural flavors. So I guess that's up to the uh, up to the taster maybe to determine what those are. Now, is New Holland anywhere near Holland? It is brewed right here in Holland, Michigan. Wow, there we go. That's about as local as you get. Absolutely. I question. I question the word functional. I don't know. I don't know why the word functional has to be associated with any beer. One, and if it's got coconut in it, I think that's beyond functional. I'm not saying it's dysfunctional because I love coconut, but I don't know. Yeah, it is an interesting choice of words. It's kind of like it, it almost sounds like it could be like it's a passable white ale. Drink, you know? It's got a high drinkability to it. There you go. Let's give One it a taste. Other ridiculous beer that's, that's code for it, nothing to write home about. <laughs> wow, very functional, in fact. So very there you functional. go. <laughs> Whatever that means. Similar to kind of like a blue moon or something like that. For, yes, for the, precisely. For the commercial route. Yeah. I'm missing the orange peel. Gotcha. So I like, okay, so that makes sense now. 
functional. I understand. I understand what we're what we're saying now. There yeah. you go. Yeah. There you go. We're all on cue. On to today's topics. Well, it has been raining here today in Michigan. I don't know what the East Coast weather is like, but uh, our opening question is: Would you rather have it rain marshmallows or Skittles? I'm curious that those are my only two choices. <laughs> first well, first, first respond to those two, and then maybe throw in what what you might prefer other than those two. Uh, Skittles all day, every day. Skittles is like the one you know. I, I I'm struggling with. Um, eliminating sugar mostly for my diet i'm never going to get rid of it all um and I, I don't generally eat candy bars anymore um, um um i just had some some wonderful iced sugar cookies um ava and i are just celebrated uh one year of being in, in blissful relationship together Congrats. So got, thank you she got us some some custom-made iced cookies so you know i knocked those back every time i go to my uh applied kinesiologist she tells me uh, your pancreas is asking you to stop with the sugar oh <laughs> so that's the whole thing but but skittles is my like skittles is my travel indulgence so when i fly anywhere i'll buy one of them big old honking bags of skittles mm -hmm. to take on the plane with me so so skittles all day every day lemon skittles are my favorite they're my favorite there you go eli Oh, I could go a lot of different directions here. Um, I think I'm also going to go Skittles. Um, I, I'm thinking very thematically here that, you know, Skittles taste the rainbow. Um, we just uh, just celebrated National Coming Out Day yesterday. Um, so it yep. feels very like appropriate. Let's get that rainbow out there. Um, also in, a, in our Jewish lectionary reading, we just read Noah last mm. week. The story of Noah and the rainbow coincided so perfectly. Perfect. And so I'm just like, taste the rainbow, right? I'm feeling that. Taste the rainbow. Um, All right. I'll also say that um, I don't keep strict kosher, but um, many Jews who do, you know, won't eat marshmallows because they're usually made with uh, gelatin made from pork. And uh, um, they make kosher marshmallows. And like anytime you're at like a Jewish function, you know, with like camp or things like that, they always serve the kosher marshmallows. They're disgusting. They're <laughs> awful. They're apparently made from fish gelatin, which is just like not the same. Not the same. And so, like when I think marshmallows, my head immediately goes there, which I have no interest in them whatsoever. Well, uh, between the two options, neither sounds good. So marshmallows <laughs> just got downgraded on my list of uh, you know yummy treats. But I will say, you know, thinking about just the the physical reality of it raining, uh, Skittles would could hurt and like could could you know like you'd feel that's kind of like hail whereas marshmallows yeah. are fluffy i think they'd provide a better aesthetic in terms of just like they'd float a little more it looked kind of like fat snow i don't know the terminal terminal velocity on a on a marshmallow could still be uh pretty be pretty bad, bad. Pretty and and a messier cleanup on the marshmallows that's a fair point dry the, the highways driving over marshmallows would be a bad scene exactly but i don't know though now i'm picturing like laying in that big field of like marshmallows like fresh snow yeah. making marshmallow angels that's like, what i'm saying something, something beautiful about that that's what i'm although, trying to although think about it, the snow is only nice for like literally like 10 minutes and then it's covered <laughs> in like dirt and like at least in philly I don't know. Exactly. It may be different, you know, where you are. DC probably the same. So I'm picturing those marshmallows like beautiful for maybe like ten minutes, and then just gross. Yeah, and I, I will say you could potentially have a marshmallow fight, like a snowball fight, but a skittle fight could really hurt. Like if you could make like a a snowball sized thing out of skittles, that would pack a punch. There's a uh, there's a tradition uh, at the end of a bar mitzvah or a wedding, any sort of Jewish celebration of throwing candy. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this before. Mm -hmm. And um, we actually had to we had to outlaw it at our congregation. And oh. families always we ask me. They say like, "Oh, Rabbi, you know, can we bring like candy for them to throw to the bar mitzvah kid, the bar mitzvah girl?" People be throwing yeah. them the mints, man. Those <laughs> dude and like thirteen year old boys, they got like an arm. Thirteen year old young women too also have an arm on them, but they yeah. tend to be. Like, the women tend to be a little more respectful and thoughtful than the 13-year-old boys who their prefrontal cortex is just a mess. And um, they like, they'll hook them, like hard at them. 
Yep. So um, for a while, we only allowed the, uh, the Sunkiss, the little prepackaged Sunkiss, which worked pretty well, but you can still get some speed on one of those. Yes, you can. Absolutely. See, I would I would split the difference between marshmallows and Skittles and say, let it rain Starburst. Okay. Yeah. Right. You got the same rainbow flavor thing going on and appearance, but softer. Softer, but those corners, I don't know. They make they make them they actually make them like round now as well. You, oh, they do. Or or well, they they have a package that's like they're unwrapped. So you know, usually with Starburst, they all individually wrapped. There's there's a package now where they're unwrapped and a, the shape of them is a little little softer on the edge. A little softer because I, I just I'm yeah, yeah. I'm picturing a, a Starburst corner right in my eye, and that just you know yeah that would leave a mark. So did you guys get <laughs> your would. did you get your candy already for Halloween? so you can eat it in the next two weeks and then buy more right yeah. <laughs> yeah we have not bought any yet for that reason exactly exactly all right i'm going to shift us along here Please so do. <laughs> yes we... <laughs> you have any more skittles no i don't have any more skittles what has a pastor rabbi or clergy person said that made you cringe and then secondly if you are a clergy person, which three of us here are, what four to six words do you dread hearing at a Sabbath or Sunday service? We're looking for more of a Tony Robbins type sermon. Like inspiration, like a TED Talk with a Bible verse. Yes. Oh, yes. Right? I'll, I'll let you go first, Eli. <laughs> All right. Now, are you asking, with the second part of the question, just a clarifier, is this like what somebody will say to me, like before or after services? Or yes. if I were to attend like a different service, what I don't want to see. No, no, no. This is, this is one of your uh, congregation members yeah. coming up to you either right before or right after service. So uh, it's an easy one for me. And it's, I don't mean it in like a mean way, but it's rabbi, I have something to tell you. <laughs> and it's like, I'm about to go into something really serious. That's going to take half an hour and require all of your attention. And the answer is I want to hear it. I do. And I want to give you space to hear it. Yeah. But five minutes before I'm about to go out there or right when I've come off and like there are 10 congregants waiting to like say hi to me. You got to just like know your moment, judge, judge the time. So that's probably the thing. Or even they don't even say, Rabbi, I have something to tell you. They just like immediately jump right into, oh, Rabbi, I don't know if you heard, but my mother died, you know, yeah. And I'm like, you're telling me this right now, five minutes before I'm about to go to services. Like I'm going to make space for that, of course, but yeah better timing next time right yep it, it it can be tough what what about you ogan um the 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 thing that i sort of dreaded here in same receiving line situation this was maybe um about a, a couple years after jennifer passed away and my congregants at the time were much predominantly older than me you should meet my granddaughter no again well meaning <laughs> or 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 niece or you know yes oh yeah i got i got i got that uh, i got that a few times yeah yeah did they did they even like wait a respectable amount of time I, it doesn't really matter yeah well, what was the, well, when was the soonest you heard this uh i don't remember exactly i, I know it, it was it was well i would think it was well after the it was into the second or third year, right? So it was well after the first year. Okay. Um, and so, so the time, the timing wasn't the issue, right? I was thinking like three months, and they're no, like, no, it wasn't okay. that bad. But what was, what was, what I, what I wanted to say, but I didn't was like, do you have a picture, right? Because, because <laughs> I, if because it doesn't matter, and I just want to see the beauty that it's on the inside. If, exactly. You <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're gonna be pimping your granddaughter out, like I mean, go all the way. You know, don't oh, half sell it. Oh, I, I joke, of course. I, I, I kid about that. No, I never, I never said that. But, uh, but yeah, I got, I got that surprisingly quite a few times. Uh, sort sort of deal when I and and to be clear, these were also the periods when I wasn't dating somebody at the time. Um, so I guess they they I I the way I rationalize it was they just wanted me to be happy. Yeah, they went into like they went into like adopted grandparent mode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, e e exactly sort of deal. And I'm like, no, no, I'm I'm not 
I'm not going to date a congregant. I'm not even going to date somebody, you know, that directly related to a congregant. That's not, that's not going to end well for anyone. It's not going to end well. So yeah, let's not do that. Yeah. Mine is, mine is closely related to Eli's. Um, and it's, uh, we need to talk, you know, yeah. like that just, it sort of carries like an ominous, you know, and, and it, it might be like right before a service, like, like Eli said, and then it's like, you're, you're trying to like, you know, you got a lot on your mind and you, you know, you're prepared and you're trying to be focused on, on, on leading the service and entering, entering a worshipful space, et cetera. And that just sort of carries this like weight that's in the back, even if you're able to set it aside, See, it doesn't go away, you know? Now, two or three times that scenario has ended up with somebody making a, a pretty big donation. So, so okay. I, I keep myself open. There you for, go. For, for that, you know, so it could, it could go either way. But I also remember this one Sunday, um, I mean, 10 minutes before the service started, somebody uh, came up to me and said, there's, there's a woman outside your office. She needs to talk to you now. She's saying she's feeling very suicidal. Oh. And this was like 10 minutes before the service. And I'm like, oh, oh. oh. So, so I actually said to the music team, uh, play a few extra numbers. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I, I'll, I'll be out a little bit late. I'm going to go talk to this, to this woman right now. And I, and I, and I talked to her and was able to say to her, are you willing to wait here till service is done and I can come back and talk with you? are you willing to have one of my prayer chaplains wait with you? And she's like, no, I'll be okay. Um, you know, sort of deal. But I, I, and I said, she didn't want anyone to wait with her. So like, still keep an eye if she sneaks out the office, like, you know, come get me or do stuff. I don't know. I don't remember what I said in the moment, but, but like, what do you do when somebody says that? Like, you know, and, and yeah, she was, she was sort of not kidding around either. Like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. they, they say for, you know, when, when folks have a plan and the means to carry out the plan For you sure. take them you, you, like you take them seriously regardless but you know it's in serious phase when this is where they're at and 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 she outlined it all to me and 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 we ended up talking for a good hour hour and a half after service um um and 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 we got we got her, i got her connected with some with some folks some services to help her out but it was like oh yeah were you and able I, I to would... like focus on prayer in that moment like were you able to then listen the i could focus on nothing at that moment are you kidding me <laughs> that was like the whole go and do a service oh my goodness it was yeah. a, it was a whole thing man it was it was and 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 part of it was also the 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 idea of like of course i'm not telling anybody but it's like there's part of me that wants to invite the congregation into holding this situation in prayer but i i not appropriate to do that in that moment either you know fortunately it was one of those days where i i had copious notes for my talk and not some days where it's like i have three bullet points and we'll see we'll see how quote unquote spirit flows <laughs> right so so as 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 distracted as i was mentally th yeah. there was a clean enough structure that and, yeah yeah you, you could lean on the notes i could lean on the notes on that day if yeah. that was a three bullet point day i don't know how well it would have gone <laughs> so quickly before we move on is is there something you've heard a fellow clergy person say and this may be someone in you know closely related to your tradition or not that you just you know you hear that and you just think oh man don't don't say that i um I, I remember one one instance, and I want to be careful not to be like throwing shade at the the Christians here. But um, throw there, throw there's, away. There's a there's a particular Brian can handle it. <laughs> a, a particular just brand of Christian theology that um, it, yeah, it's it's cringeworthy for me. And I'm and the specific example I think about is um, after the shooting in Newtown, mm. um, and I remember there was like a prayer vigil for it. And there was a Christian clergy member who came up there during it. And he said something along the lines of these kids are home now, like with Jesus. And I like, not just, I think cringeworthy is like, I got mad. It wasn't just cringeworthy. And yeah. I think for me, like if there's one like cringeworthy sort of thing, it's like 
oh, things happen for a reason. Oh, it was God's plan. Oh, like that line of theology, I just, I don't buy it. And I find it just, I, I get, yeah, cringeworthy and mad and just not, not helpful to me at all personally. Yeah, I, I hear you. It's, you know, and I think it's in moments of, of tragedy where there, there might be like this, well, there is, I think, this natural human instinct to sort of shield ourselves from it or to like move like instantly to it's not so bad or we'll be okay. But that's not what's appropriate. That's not no. what it's called for. May not even be true given what, you know, depending on your view of what they say. And it just, it's the wrong thing. So I, I hear you. I would have gotten angry about that too. Um, for me, uh, two things, um, anything that's related to the prosperity gospel, that strict teaching of the prosperity gospel, like God doesn't want you to be poor and also give more so that God will bless you more. Um, is that the way it works? That's, oh, that's the way it works. All right. Apparently, how much, uh, how can I donate to pub theology live? What's the Patreon <laughs> link again? We'll put the there link in the comments. There, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, so there's a real, there's a, I mean, it's just bad theology, but it's also a real shaman element to that, mm. which, which I'm not a fan of, but there was also a, um, a, a minister I know of who thought it was very cute and funny to tell blonde jokes and um, yeah, not, not, not okay. Especially given there were blonde women in his congregation. I mean, but he was, yeah, he was not aware, he was not aware of his own misogyny. So, you know, it was yeah. like, you know, there's a, um, you know, at the end of every Jewish wedding, they break the glass and mm -hmm. there's lots of like beautiful interpretations around recognizing the brokenness in this world and partnering with God and creation. And once in a while I'll hear, and it's usually, you know, like an older male rabbi say, and they think it's a funny line. They say, oh, it's the last time the groom ever gets to put his foot down. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and like total, total cringeworthy. Like maybe that joke would have landed fifty years ago. Yeah, um, but no, he got laughs at the first two weddings, and so he's like, "I'm running with this." And let's be clear, shouldn't have landed fifty years ago either. But that's yeah, all. Of yeah, it. Exactly right. Exactly. Oh man, that's a cringeworthy one. Yeah, for hey. sure. So uh, the Swedish have a concept uh, called lagom, and I maybe probably am mispronouncing that, L-A-G-O-M. The idea is um, moderation, and it sometimes gets translated as a life that is happily balanced. So the question is, how do you seek balance? And is balance something to aspire to? Is it overrated? And you might even ask, you might even ask is there a, a biblical call to being balanced is that a biblical concept or not um i think jesus definitely uh modeled it right because he was he was the guy who would you know show up preach up a storm get people all agitated you know that sort of deal he'll do his miracles and his healing you know he went to work and then he would disappear in the desert for a bunch of time or, you know, he'd be hanging out at somebody's house for dinner sort of deal. Um, I, I, I think I think he expected free meals wherever he went um, and, <laughs> uh, and, and modeled that. It, I mean, it's not a, listen, being an itinerant preacher is not a bad gig all the time. So, so I, 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 think, I think there's a lot of biblical precedent for demonstrating that you use the word moderation i live by the mantra everything in moderation even moderation um so there's so there's there's a piece of that but i've i have strayed away from the word balance and i lean more into the word integration now um because balance implies like i have to weight things evenly hmm. so i have to have you know equal amount of rest equal amount of work equal amount of family time equal amount of whatever 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 so that you know things are Things are on that fulcrum and nothing's falling off. Um, whereas integration for me is what are the aspects of life that support who I authentically am and who I want to be and how do I live those, right? Realizing under the, you know, the concept of the dynamic steering, there are some weeks I'm going to work harder and there are some weeks I'm going to play harder and some weeks I'm going to rest harder. Um, so it, it, it's about what comes up and one can call that balanced if you want, but for me, 
balance there's a pressure to do there's a pressure to do math am i having the same right am i having the same amount of this as i am of that and so on and so, on and so forth so 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 i lean more into integration yeah uh, very good i love that i love that term integration i like that idea there is um a famous line in um in rabbinic literature um Imen kemach in Torah, imen Torah in kemach. If there is no flower, um, like F-L-O-U-R, um, there is no Torah. If there's no Torah, there's no flower. And by flower, they mean like, I mean, bread, dough, right? It's like the yeah. same thing. I mean, it's the same thing in ancient times, right? And basically the rabbis were saying, you, you can't just like put your head in a book and be in a monastery and be this place of spirituality all day. You also have to like have a job. Um, you know, interestingly, all of the ancient rabbis that we read about um, in, in the Talmud and other things, they all had professions. The rabbi was not like their full-time job. They couldn't afford it back then. Um, I'm very thankful. I, have I was like, congregation. some of us still, some places still can't afford it now. <laughs> um, and so um, actually one of my favorite uh, rabbis who I've, who I've extensively studied, uh, Raf Papa, and first of all, that name's amazing because I just want to be like, I love it when you call me Raf Papa. Yes, uh, um, He was a beer brewer. Nice. Couldn't be more perfect than that in addition to being a rabbi and actually became quite quite wealthy from it according nice. to the sources. But I think, um, I, I think that overall message that, um, we can't just be in this, you know, place of, of spirituality or intellectualism. Um, we have to have our, our feet on the ground, and there's a balance between sort of that that work and um, that that aspirational um, self soul work that we do as well. And, and the two, I, I love that idea of balancing them, but but integrating them. I think, and I, I love that Ogan used that word integration because they inform each other and they help each yep. other. And that's the yep. whole point, I think. That. You know, no matter what balance we're talking about, but if we're talking about, you know, being spiritual and spending our time sort of studying and praying, but not, you know, helping our poor neighbors, you know, on the street, what the hell are we doing? Um, yeah. But at the same time, if we're just engaged in that work all day long and we don't sort of think bigger and, and bring ourselves to that, that higher space, I think we're missing out on a key element of life that can inform that work. Yeah, I agree. And I think it, it can be a danger for clergy for whom sort of your, your, your job in part feels like it's to be professionally religious, but you, you can easily find yourself always putting energy into helping others in their spiritual lives and not balancing that with making sure you're putting in the time uh, to nourish your own soul and your own spirit. And, um, and you have to have that for, to sustain ministry for the long term for yourself, uh, for sanity and and to have authenticity, I think in, in the work that you're you're doing. And again, yeah, that that word from Ogan is is perfect there, integration. Uh, because when you're feeding yourself, I think it will flow into the work you do, and um, and there'll be sort of a synergy there. Um, but also, you know finding time for the things that you enjoy, you know, if it's watching the baseball playoffs, you know, then knock yourself out. Uh, Go socks. There you go. Although I will say if an outfielder causes a ball to go out of the park, they should not be rewarded for that. So that's just my side comment. Fair, fair, fair enough. Yeah. There's been some talk around some of the ground rule double stuff. Also, I mean, everyone's like, what is going on with Fenway, man? That They just have a big target on that green monster, right? Oh, my gosh. Crazy stuff. Don't mess with history. Don't mess with history. But you said something interesting there, Brian, about um, – I'm just trying to remember the exact words you use, but it, it sort of implied that um, the spiritual um, welfare growth of our congregants is our responsibility – and well, well you're a, you're a facilitator it's everyone has to own their own spiritual journey but but you're in the in the role of helping facilitate that for people okay i just need some clarity around that because i'm like no that that's not my job <laughs> uh you know yes i um i in 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 this role we provide we provide um I would say invitations, right? We, we we set things up to for people basically. I would hope to take home and do the do the inner the inner work, the the self inquiry, the 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 take that on themselves, and then put that put that in a practice. And 
and should there be a situation times when when yes someone comes and says you know i'm struggling with this we be there to offer support but but you know when we talk about balance and clergy and overwork a, a lot of you know for a lot of clergy a lot of that is a lot of self-imposed stress and strain by thinking a lot of things are their responsibility that aren't really theirs mm. like the financial welfare of this church that's not that's not the minister's responsibility that's the entire community's responsibility you know the the so yeah so, but you might feel it the most if your paycheck is at stake right well no i sure <laughs> i i agree with that but it's still not my responsibility you know uh, right. sort of deal and to and and to and i think you know we, we've talked about this with shannon uh you know if the church is in a a precarious financial place the answer isn't to just cut the minister's salary the answer is to go like all right so so how is what we are doing and how we're showing up how is it serving us and the larger community because that that's you know that's where we got to talk about the income not like you know yeah there's deeper issues in play when exactly you know but for a lot of churches because the minister's salary tends to be their biggest expense um (laughs) right that's the the first thing they go for yeah they look at the pie chart Uh, and they're like well what can we trim yeah yeah where can we where can we take a cut out of oh let's go for the biggest piece of pie (laughs) all right or you can drop some of those smaller pieces that ain't really doing much right now you know that's that's a that's the whole thing yeah. But 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 I also like what Eli said about, you know, you know, originally, you know, rabbis having basically day jobs, right? I think I think honestly, given the way uh religion is going, religion religious involvement, religious attendance, church attendance, numbers, all that, I think I think we're we're getting back to that. Uh, you know, a lot of ministers part-time, they have a side hustle, uh that yeah. that sort of deal and I think um, re- reluctantly, we don't want to go there, but, but I think we're going there. It is, and, and unless we wholesalely change the model of how we do church, um, is, you know, it's, that's where we're going to end up. It's not a sustainable model. It stopped being sustainable decades ago, but, but we're still trying to, we're still trying to hold on to it because, because the discomfort that arises by even considering anything else is 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 shaking us to our foundations even though we just went through a whole year and a half and then some of doing it how we don't usually do it and lo and behold you know for the most part we survived you know yes some churches went under but they they probably were gonna go there anyways yeah yeah i I think um i think it can be being bivocational can be a good model for some uh, communities and and some clergy people and i've been that at certain points in my um, time as a pastor, uh, but it can also be hard, you know, that sometimes pastors struggle or clergy people struggle with boundaries, with, um, you know, staying healthy, with not burning out, just with working mm-hmm. the one job. And then if you add another job on top of that, it can sort of compound the stress and accelerate the burnout. If, again, if if the setting um, doesn't have proper boundaries and, and the person isn't supported in in the right ways. So, no, I know, I know a lot of friends that have, you know, three part-time jobs that are all supposed to be 10 hours a week. And somehow each of those 10 hour a week part-time positions ends up being 30 hours a week. And yeah, exactly. It's not, um, there, there is no balance there. Yeah. That's why that second job needs to be something that is like low intensity, like, you yes. know, drive in for DoorDash, go be a barista. You know, don't don't be like a server at a at a at a, at a like a sit down dine in restaurant because customers are like they're intense, right? That's that's a lot of stress. But you know, be like a barista in the afternoon shift, not first thing in the morning where people are on their way to work and all upset, especially before they've had their coffee. And then you can do some pastoral care. You can do some pastoral care on the job. Exactly, exactly. Integration, man. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> All right, so the, the medieval French rabbi and prolific biblical commentator, uh, Rashi, Rashi? Rashi, yep. Rashi. Rabbi, wrote, rabbi Shlomo Yitzchak. So there you go. One of the things he wrote, among a whole lot, was receive with simplicity everything that happens to you. So, uh, yeah, interesting concept. Receive with simplicity everything that happens to you. 
What might that look like? Does that relate at all to what we were just talking about with balance? So I'll, I'll start with, and I think, uh, I don't know where you, if you got this, Brian, I'm assuming you got this from a serious man, because that's, uh, that's where I know this quote from. Um, I'd like to say that I know all the works of Rashi and everything he's ever written, and I'd be totally familiar with it, but um, I know it from a serious man, uh, a great movie, uh, Coen Brothers, right? And um, I think it kind of, it reminds me a little bit of the message of Ecclesiastes. Um, and it's, I think it's a little bit of, and this is a little bit of the movie that like, at the end of the day, like stuff's going to happen and um, we can't control everything. And like eat, drink and be merry or, or just, you know, you got to go with it and, and, and make the most of, of, of the life we're given and the, the cards that are dealt to us, which I think is a big part of the message of the book of Ecclesiastes as well and, and, the, and the movie. Yeah, I think that is where, where I got it from. And, and the other, it feels like there's a little bit of stoicism and or sort of a, an Eastern or, or Buddhist sort of um, flavor to it. What, what's your reaction? Well, I was just going to say, for me, this speaks to uh, non-attachment and meaning making, right? Because we mm. always want to assign a meaning to a thing. So um, there's a, there's a, the story of the Chinese farmer. I don't know if I shared this on here before, but there was, yeah. you know, the Chinese farmer, he had a, uh, he had a son and the one horse on a small farm and one day the horse ran off right and this is this is the horse that they used to plow the fields the horse runs off and the neighbor said oh my god that's terrible and he's like mm, maybe and then the horse comes back like a couple days later bringing with it like six wild horses so he went from one horse to six horse and the neighbor's like oh my god that's amazing it's wonderful he's like mm, maybe and then the son was trying to tame one of the wild horses fell and broke his leg and the neighbors were like, oh, my God, that's horrible. And he's like, mm, maybe. And then a couple of days later, the Chinese army's coming through through uh, trying to conscript young men to go to war. And they pass over the son because he's got a broken leg. And the neighbor's like, oh, my God, that's wonderful. And he's like, eh, maybe. So so the whole point, right, is that, like, again, we what happens happens. We, we, we don't assign meaning or judgment. We don't make it good or bad. And, again, this is... I always say the caveat, this is not saying that we keep ourselves in situations that are harmful, right? Because <laughs> that's not what this is about. Um, yeah. if, you are, if you are in a situation that is like physically, mentally, and emotionally harmful or abusive, get out if you can, right? Just get out, be safe. But what I'm, this is about as things come up, we want to assign meaning to them. And that meaning is often based on um or, or 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 the places within us that haven't been healed yet or and and when we assign meaning then we make choices from those meanings but if we just accept things without assigning the meaning and them being neither good nor bad then they're they're not gains they're not losses they they just are and we tend to in my experience when i can remember to do that a lot i tend to live a life that that doesn't have a lot of disappointment right because i don't I, I i'm not attached to it should have been this way now granted sometimes i don't always get a whole lot of elated elation from it as as well because i'm like all right well that happened <laughs> right sort of sort of deal and yes how this fits into the whole integration is that is to realize that we have absolutely zero control of things that are happening outside of us Right. The only control we have is where we are, how we respond internally to the things that happen outside of us. That that is that is our locus of control. And if we if we keep if we keep uh, reacting, creating meaning to the stuff that's happening outside of us, we're going to stress ourselves into an early grave. Yeah. So it's sort of like a caution against overreaction or yeah, over amplifying um, yeah. things that don't need to be over amplified. So maybe like in a, in the regular day-to-day -day life, this is a, a, a great approach, but things that are, um, <laughs> well, more extreme, that might be entirely proper <laughs> to seriously react. Uh, and maybe this doesn't always fit in that, in that, in those bigger moments, if we're talking about grief, or as you said, something that's harmful. Can I, uh, can I interject real quick? 
Uh, I just got on Facebook and um, Tim's listening and Tim writes the four words I hate from preachers are the Bible clearly says. <laughs> nice to uh, thank you for that one. Even, yes. Even even the devil can quote scripture. That's a good one. That is true. The Bible clearly says this and the exact opposite. Exactly. <laughs> clear as mud. Clear as clear as mud. So where are you with this whole simplicity received with simplicity, Brian? Well, I mean, I, I like it in, in certain respects and in ways that you were talking about Ogan kind of, um, you know, keeping low key about things, um, you know, practicing, practicing some non-attachment to things that you could get all, you know, worked up about and maybe don't deserve that amount mm -hmm. of, of, personal energy and so on and and not overreacting to things I think there's something really good and healthy to that I think the the one thing I wrestle with or the downside is um knowing when and how to to be that way and and so not not sort of being you know the I guess the extreme would be that you're sort of a, a person that doesn't show emotion or, you know, your kids are like, well, dad's never that excited. He's just kind of even keel all the time. And you want to be able to be expressive to the people you care about and, and be in the moment uh, in moments that, that matter with those you love. And, and I don't know that this is saying don't be in the moment, but you could sort of be like, well, you know, yeah. it's, it's well, go ahead. Go ahead. Eli. I was, I was going to say another way of viewing it that I'm, I'm kind of hearing from this conversation. It's a little bit of, um, sort of giving people the benefit of the doubt. And mm. I'm just thinking about like, um, so uh, I've, been, I've been driving my daughter to school and I do pick up now that, you know, back, we're back for in-person school. And I forgot about how like awful silly drivers are <laughs> on my way to my daughter's school. Yeah. And like, I could have the potential of getting so mad and so frustrated every single time like one of these people double parks in a random spot cuts you off doesn't put their turn signal on and i've chosen to receive everyone with simplicity what i mean by that is i'm just going to assume the best and i'm not going to overanalyze it and i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to assume that they they have some really good reason why they're doing that and and anytime someone says something to me that comes off like probably obnoxious, whatever, I'm going to assume they meant the best of it. And I'd rather take that simple sort of approach as another way. And I'm probably wrong, but you know what? I'm a lot happier that way. For and, sure. And, I, and I'd always rather assume the best from people. And I think um, maybe that's maybe that's what Rashi's getting at there. And maybe it's a sense of just um, the, the simple approach is just not diving too deep, not overanalyzing, not trying to find the fault in what they're doing, but just to assume the best. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I aspire to that as well. And I think, you know, it, it, it can also sort of depend uh, on how my day is going. <laughs> or, yeah, oh, I'm not there at all. I'm not fully <laughs> aspirational. Yeah. If I say it, if I say it, you know, live on, on Facebook, maybe that'll help encourage me more. There you go. Because I, I mean, I have my moments where, where I, I, I am able to practice that, particularly around driving and, and other drivers. And other times where where I can sort of react and, and get a little bit, uh, uh, you know, feed into the negative energy that they're sending my way and, and not reciprocating that to me always feels like, OK, that was a success when I didn't reciprocate exactly the negativity. So so wait, I got to get back to that thing you said about about expressing an even even keeled parent. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't. I think kids would appreciate an even keeled parent, <laughs> you know. Uh, 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 but I think Brian's saying time. like not, but but not getting excited. He, Brian's saying about the negatives so, of even keeled, meaning like you yeah. don't even get excited around the really good stuff. No, I I, I agree. And there's again, there's there's a there's a certain point again with the non-attachment, right? So so are we are we based in our own sense of self-worth and value on the excitement reaction from somebody else when we do a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is that, so, so I'm not saying we don't get excited or we don't, sure. we don't, we don't display, you know, pleasure or, or uh, that sort of deal, but, but, but it's a kind of a gray area then when in some ways, when we're, when we're modeling for kids or other people in our lives that, you know, it's, it's my, 
my response is is directly tied to maybe your sense of worth right so so how do we how do we teach our kids who you are and what you did is okay worthy valuable without me needing to get super excited about it and or if you do a great thing and i don't get super excited it doesn't mean that i don't love you or what you did i might just be having a shitty day and it's got nothing to do with mm. you right because i know I've, I've heard from and this has been my experience as well when i roll in and i think i've done a great thing is when i was a kid even sometimes as an adult i roll in and think i did a great thing where's where's my roses somebody yeah, give me the flowers right and it doesn't happen and i'm devastated and really their mm -hmm. reaction has absolutely zero to do with me yeah. something else happened or going on in their life mm -hmm. so 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 we gotta uh, you know uh, while yes we, we we do support acknowledge in that way we also got to teach that 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 don't depend on that don't rely on that and if you don't get that it's not saying anything about you yeah, yeah, that they don't only receive love if it's performance based or something. Uh, yeah, right, right. Or or and then the responsibility is also on us as parents to say to our kids, you know what, listen, that's a great thing. You did a, you know, you did an awesome job. If I don't seem excited, it's because this other thing is happening right now. It's got nothing to do with you. And, and sometimes us parents are not good at doing that. Right. Yeah. And and sometimes as parents, we're like, I don't want to burden my kid with my problems. Again, again, yeah. there's that whole like, yes, our kids are not there to be our solace per se, but there's got to be a certain level of honesty and communication um, so that they're not they're not wounded. Because when that happens in the kids at a young age, for example, that's a wound that they're going to carry for their lifetime. <laughs> you know, I I, I, you know, I work with people who are like, when when I was six years old, my mother rejected me because I rolled in with a with a beautiful drawing I made and they were like didn't give me the time of day. And 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 that's the beginning of their wounded self. And who knows what the mom was going through at that moment? You know? But kids so, aren't able to process at that level. <laughs> but that's that's what I'm saying. The responsibility yeah. now is on us as parents yeah. to communicate to them and right. say like you know, and that that calls for a massive level of self-awareness. Yeah. I'm not sitting here preaching because I did it well <laughs> or, or that I continue to do it well. Sure. I'm simply saying that 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 there's a there's a there there's a middle ground there somewhere that you know, integration. There's a middle ground there somewhere yeah. that that we gotta gotta be aware of um in terms of, of taking the responsibility and giving the responsibility and teaching teaching our kids from the earliest age about meaning making yeah. and and how to avoid the meaning making and i and yes that's like a pretty high cognitive process and the kids at you know certain developmental age might not be able to do that but kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for <laughs> so fair it's, enough. it's it's never too early to start i don't think fair enough all right, our, our final uh, topic we'll try to hit on briefly here is you are given- Oh, by the, the way, yeah. by the way, I read this question and I was like, Brian, right, let's talk about Squid Game. Yes, this Seriously. question, like, this question this, brought to like you by- It's like six lines long and you gotta just like talk about Squid Game. <laughs> this question brought to you by the Netflix hit show Squid Game. <laughs> You are given the offer to play a game that you are given the offer to play a game that you're very skilled at. If you win the game, you'll receive a large life-changing sum of money. If you lose, you'll face serious bodily harm, possibly even death. What would you do? What would factor into your decision? So I feel like this is like what I've been doing for the past 18 months during COVID. <laughs> like ah. Nice. Every day, it's well like, okay, what are, what, are, what are the COVID numbers? Is it safe to go shopping today? Can I go inside? What is my risk factor? Nice. You know, who's yeah. vaccinated? But I, I, I mean that kind of seriously that I think we've all suddenly become like actuaries. We've all become like experts in risk assessment that perhaps I know I didn't think about risk assessment the same way up until these, this mm -hmm. past year and that it was before, like, sure, you get in the car all the time, right? You never you think like, okay, my chances of 
dying in a car crash or this based on the reward I get for driving this far, you know? And I think this is a a whole new area that I think we're all taking very seriously and really thinking about our risk in general. Um, I know for me personally, um, like, do I, do I theoretically risk my life on a daily basis? Yeah. I drive to, I drove my daughter to school. I talked about the crazy drivers and killing, right? And is there a chance of death? Yeah. It's really, really, really small, but we're willing to do that because I want her to have a good education. Um, so it all comes down to sort of those numbers and, my wife and I talk about this all the time. And I'm like, well, what if there was a, you know, 10%? And she goes, you're just making up numbers. You can't just make up <laughs> random numbers. So I think, you know, I, I try to, I, I like to be science-minded with certain things. So Brian, can you give us the exact risk of uh, the percentage of bodily harm? Percentage I, you know, I was, yes. I, was, I was just going to say, I'm going to pass on the game. And what is the factor? It's the answers in the question, bodily harm, yeah. even death, <laughs> right? Like, but you're really good at this game. It doesn't but matter. You're really good but at Ogan, it. The thing is, the thing is, but there's a chance, but I guess my point is, so you say that, Ogan, but like, you take a chance at death. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Every day when you well, do certain actions, right? You're really good at them. You're very good at driving. Right? Yes. Most other drivers are really good. The chances that you're going to die in a car accident are really, really, really good. Listen, well. listen. But there's a chance. But yeah. listen, we've we all watch professional sports, right? Mm-hmm. Th- those guys are very good at what they do to the point where they are paid to play that game. All right. Yep. Is there any guarantee any of them are going to win every time they step on the field of the court? No. Well, not so it doesn't matter. Touche. Um, but right. So, so, so my point is there are no guarantee. It doesn't matter how skilled or how good you are at it. There's no guarantee. And if there's no guarantee, like I am not intentionally going into it, but there's no guarantees in life. Yeah. Eli's like, how do you get out of bed in the morning? How do you get on an airplane? How do you, how do you do any of these things that have a chance? I, I, I agree. I agree to a point, right? There's again, locus of control. Yeah. Right there. I, I'll go driving. There's a risk of a fatal car wreck. What if it's I can't, $20 million, Ogan, that's on the line here? Not enough. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't. What if it's $20 million and the risk of death was 0. 0.0001? If it was $20 million a day, maybe. A day? Look at this guy. Woo! More money, more money. Ah. Like, you, it's got to be worth it, man. This, wow. this, is my, this is my one precious life, right? What you did the poet would say? This is, my, this is my one precious life. <laughs> wow. One listen, sum is not enough. But here's the thing. I would rather risk my life doing the everyday, quote unquote, mundane Ooh. things that give me joy than risking it all in this one event. That's, That's the difference right there. That's beautiful. I'd rather risk my life living than than trying to quote unquote get rich quick. Mm-hmm. And I and I wanted to tie that back to the simplicity thing, right? Because underlying both those both the simplicity and this life changing sum of money is this is this idea of of what capitalism is based on. More is better, right? We gotta we gotta get more. Did you we say gotta, cannibalism? Capitalism. <laughs> Capitalism, that makes although sense. with although with cannibalism, more is can be better too, right? It can it can go both ways. I knew I misheard that, but Ooh. but this but this is that underlying idea. Now, absolutely, there are people who live in an abject poverty for whom a life changing sum of money may not be a whole lot, and it and it could shift things. But 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 if there are people living in abject poverty, the answer is what how are things set up that support in a system that puts people in abject abject poverty sure. that's where you got to put your attention not people willing to risk their lives just for one person to get uh money that will lift them out of that so yeah. so so and that, again that that whole capitalist idea of more is better we got to grind we got to get more i mean those capitalism i always you know this is my mantra right now is is based based in white supremacy and racism so we really got to do a lot of rethinking around around this whole thing about work and struggle and grind um as as really an act of resistance and and rebellion uh, against that and and this sort of question and and premise 
<laughs> not throwing you under the bus here, but the yeah. premise, but the premise is again, uh, a, a distraction from what is the real issue here, sure. right? So this is why, this is why the lottery makes as much money as it does. And I'm not against playing the lottery. I buy me a ticket. You know, if I, if I stop for gas and I have to go in the gas station, you know, we pay it, we pay at the pump now. Uh, we have forever, but if in the random situation where the credit card swiper is not working at the pump yeah. or, you know, whatever, and I have to walk inside, I have to pay at the register. I'm like, yeah, throw, throw in a Powerball. Let's see what happens. Right. But again, it's, it's this idea of, of let's distract from the real systemic issue here that supports so many of us living in that level of poverty that we would even consider risking our lives to play a game together. yes what kind of society have we created in which this might feel like a good option for some exactly yeah. exactly exactly and to be clear this is sort of what's happening so you like talked about you know the risk that we run every, that we run every day right how Front many people workers, right exactly that's exactly right. Exactly. How many people are in such dire financial uh, situations that they do risk their life every day doing things that they shouldn't be doing in COVID times, pre-COVID, post-COVID, if we ever get there, right? Uh, so, so th this is sort of this sort of not not that unrealistic. But it, and it's also telling, I think, that in every country in which it was released, Squid Game is the number one show. Yeah. Like there, there's something that that, and without giving anything away, that, that just draws people to to what this question was about. Like, what? How would you risk assess, um, you know, a life changing amount of, of resources, and what would you do to put yourself in that, and and what kind of struggle does your everyday life look like where it's like well it kind of sucks now so i'm willing to take that risk to make it better and somehow people are identifying with that and the fact that it's a show that's filmed in south korea shows this is not just a western u.s thing yeah what was uh what was the name of the movie that won so many awards a couple of years ago with the, the hunger games or no no there was <laughs> i don't know if that won awards korean. but it was also a korean movie that won awards oh the, parasite the, Parasite, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Parasite was sort of like that 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 similar idea, that that similar theme. Yeah. yeah. Whew. Any final final nuggets of wisdom, friends? Eat some skittles, it'll all be better. <laughs> yes. Don't eat don't eat kosher marshmallows. They're disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Taste taste the rainbow. There, there, there you go. But it, 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 in all serious, it's if there's any takeaway from this whole discussion is um, you know. What is the life you're living and does it support authentic you? And if you're not clear who authentic you is yet, like go figure that out. <laughs> do some do some work to figure that out and realizing that you can live a life that supports that without too much grind and without buying into this capitalist idea of you have to have more in order to do it. Yeah. Contentment is is not really quantified by the amount of money and possessions that you have there it is oh, there man. It is. preach it brother well said there you go. well said well thank you friends for tuning in to pub theology live and thank you eli for joining us today a delight yep. to have you back such a joy such a joy thanks for having me brian and Ogan. absolutely and of course friends you can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on patreon <laughs> get access to pre and post show banter and sign up before the end of this month to get your free PT live pint glass visit patreon.com slash PT live to get started and a big thank you to our current patrons you can listen anytime on SoundCloud Stitcher Spotify Apple and Google Podcasts. you can watch us live Tuesdays on Facebook usually around 4 30 p.m eastern unless Brian is having computer issues then it might be delayed <laughs> And if you'd like to join a Pub Theology conversation in your town, check out uh, the directory and other information at pubtheology.com. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.
Uh, we should we should have leaned into the become a patron so we can get Ryan a computer so we can start on time. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Hey, great to see you, Eli. Good to see you. <laughs> Guys, have a great night. All right, talk to you soon. Bye. We'll see you. Yep, I got to run, Duke. Yep, likewise. See you, Hogan. <laughs> <laughs>